Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Madeline. And it's Caleb. And, and we, we are, are not, not the, the Cinema Chicks. That'll forever make me laugh. Yes, another episode with Caleb. I'm so excited to have you back. I know I'm laughing and it sounds like I'm not, but I, I truly am. I'm excited because we saw this not actually planning for you to be on this episode. We saw this, well, maybe that was your secret plan. Oh, was that my secret plan? <laughs> You're like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Um, I mean, it goes along with this. Oh my god, creepy. No, uh, I like seeing movies with you, obviously. Um, and we saw Blonde together at the Paris Theater in New York. And this was playing at the Paris Theater in New York because it's a Netflix film. And I saw the Queen, Jessica Chastain, post about it. And I was like, uh, we have to be there. So we went and enjoyed it. And the film that we're talking about today is The Good Nurse. And it's directed by Tobias Lindum. And it's written by Christy Wilson Carnes. And it's starring no one else other than Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne. I love More Than Life. I have... Okay. If you listen to the podcast, I feel like you probably know that I love Jessica Chastain. She is everything to me. Fellow redhead. Um even though I'm a fake one. Um, <laughs> but I, I love her so much. I saw her at a Q&A with, when she was touring with In the Eyes of Tammy Faye, and it was life-changing, and she was wearing leopard, and it was just iconic. And Eddie Redmayne, I have a deep love for ever since they Miz. Um, I had him as my lock screen on my iPod. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, no, I, extra. No, I don't think you know, like, what he looks like usually. Like, he, he's just a cutie. He's British. No, and like I watched him. And he's him, 40. Oh and I watched gosh. him in. He's 40. Yeah. Oh, and the Danish girl. Oh so my gosh. No, and when he was in um Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Oh, so then you're not a true uh, no. lover of Eddie. No, I, I'm not. I mean, like, I'm. Fake fan? Kind of. Okay. No, I, I like, I think he's great. I just, I don't know Harry Potter. So it's like too much to get into just to like watch him, you know? Sorry. But if you loved him, you would watch it. Okay. I love a lot of people. Okay. Like <laughs> I can't watch everybody's. No, I, I really enjoy his work and him singing Empty Chairs at Empty Tables and Les Mis. Have you seen? I didn't know he was in Les Mis. What? Oh and, okay. my God. With Hugh Jackman? That was my, I used to watch I knew he it. was in it. Well, yeah, but it's like, I watched that like multiple times a day when I was 12 because I, I auditioned for Les Mis at my professional theater back home and I did not get in it. Um, but I thought if I watched it every day, then that would like, you know, be enough. And it, and it wasn't. Book you the role. Yeah. Yeah. But you turned out just fine. Sure. Les Mis or not. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we'll see about that. You know, someday when I'm like 50 years old, still grinding, I'll be like, it's because I didn't book Les Mis when I was 11. <laughs> um, no, I I just love Eddie Redmayne. And I think that this is such a great pair. I actually, um, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I feel like I probably told you. I knew about this film for a while. They filmed it in Connecticut, uh, 2020, 2021. And I applied to be Jessica's stand-in. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah, because I, I knew the casting director and I thought that I had a chance. Um, but 
once again, I, I, I didn't get it. Um, but that's okay. I really just thought that that was going to be my moment because I was like, you know what, I'll just be a stand in. But then like every time Jessica comes on to set, she'll have to pass me and be like, Oh, it's my stand in. And then she'll know me and she'll love me. And you know, but it didn't happen. But you know, I could still be Jessica stand in maybe she's five, four, I'm five, four. And Usually it's just the height and the hair color that matters. So I'm still holding exactly. out for that. I'm manifesting. I'm putting it out into the world. Words of affirmation and law of attraction. Yes. Right. I'll look at all those. Thank you. So that's that's what we're trying to do here today. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this movie is much more than just about stand-ins. I knew that it was about this true story about these two nurses. Um, one is the good nurse and one is not. But it's a very tragic story and one that I have realized not a lot of people knew. No. Did you know it? No, I did okay. not know it. And then I've been texting like my family back home and then like I just told my dad's wife. I'm oh, like, love. you need to watch this. I'm like, You need to watch it so then you can listen to the cinema chicks. Well, yeah. uh, cinema chicks always plug them in. But then <laughs> also I was just like, you know, you used to be in the medical field. Like you used to be a nurse. Yes. So I'm kind of surprised like this did not spread to the whole like nursing world since it was like a major issue. Well, yeah. But, you know, we'll dive a little bit more into about like why it did not spread. Exactly. Through the nursing world. Yeah. I I also told my friend who's a nurse and I was like, you have to watch this because it's, I think, especially within that field, you know, you take a lot of pride in your work and you're helping to save lives. And it's really devastating to see somebody take that privilege and that trust and turn it into something evil. And I think it's also scary because us as lay people and not nurses are like, oh, great. We put our, you know, all life of our in faith your hands. and trust yes. and our life into your hands. And there's some really awful, evil people out there, which is really sad, but it's the dark truth. And that is the story of Charles Cullen, which we know as Charlie in the movie. Um, he kind of has this very quiet odd demeanor at first i think you know first we're introduced to jessica's character amy amy and we see her as this very hard-working nurse she has a life-threatening condition where she will potentially have a stroke and she goes to the doctor and the doctor is telling her here are the signs that you need to tell your daughters in case you know you have an episode at home they need to know the signs so that way they know how to react, and what to do. And those are very, very scary, harsh realities for Amy to recognize. But she has to because she is a single mother. And we see her nanny or babysitter helper um, coming in and out. She's working tough shifts. She comes home and kisses the girls goodbye for school. And then Charlie comes into her life. And they have a very interesting relationship. They're not, I want to say they're like platonic, you know? Well, I think it's interesting also when we meet Charlie. Yeah. Is Amy had just, you know, been diagnosed with all this stuff. And, you know, she's realizing that she doesn't have health insurance. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, the big thing was, is her doctor is telling her that she needs to just take the time off. Right. You know, recover, so on and so forth. And then that's when Charlie comes to their hospital and they do start off as this like platonic, you know, just like friends. But then as he gets to know her, he sees her actually have like an episode yeah, and like, yeah. you know, begins to get worried about her. And I think when, you know, 
Charlie decided to kind of flip the script was after Amy said, you know, she only needed, what was it, four more months? Yes. Yeah. Before she could get full health coverage. Yeah. So that's when I, but yeah, the relationship started off very platonic. He's very quiet. He'd, he'd be like the, your nerd in high school, I would think. That's what yes. I would think of him. Like your quirky nerd. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, he also, ha- yeah, he has that creepy sense to him that it's like, you know that there's something going on elsewhere and especially in this profession he's clearly a smart guy he knows what he's doing um but there are red flags he says that he has come from like nine different hospitals he keeps being transferred and he keeps just pushing it off as like oh well you know somebody had a suspicion about me and it's all talk and blames it on everybody else i think that's still weird um i don't know i also grew up like my parents have worked at the same company all my life. They're very loyal to their jobs. Um, and I don't really see why if you enjoy nursing, you'd switch around that many hospitals. Um, but then we do find out why. And things just start unraveling because one of Amy's patients suddenly dies unexpectedly and it really shouldn't have happened. And that continues to happen. And we find out that Charlie is taking um, insulin and just putting it into the IV bags, just like poking it a little bit, and it's killing the patients. I don't understand Charlie. No, and it also is just so smart in how he did it. It really is. Because... It's a psychopath. He was like doing it in the back room. Yeah. I guess you can call it like the stock room or just like the holding area for everything. Yeah. But like the medicine. Yeah. But he wasn't killing just his patients. He was just randomly putting it into that IV bag. Right. Like, it was just luck of the draw. Exactly. Like one of Amy's patients had come in with this like a head injury. Like they just wanted her to stay overnight just to check her. Yeah. And she had a young child and a husband and like literally nothing should have happened to this woman. Yeah. And then she was one of the unlucky ones and just passed away. But like another, you know, mentioning the red flags, I think something that kind of, you know, starts to unravel a little bit, you know, more into the film is when he was talking about his wife, his ex-wife. Right. With his kids, you yeah. know, that she wouldn't let, you know, him really see them. And also that he had poisoned the, the dog. dog. Yeah, I was like, poisoned yeah, the maybe dog. he did. Because like when you hear it the first time, you're like, oh, okay, you know, that's just kind of like a random, you know, yeah. outlandish claim. But then. Well, did you know from the start, who he was going to be. The killer? Yeah. Did you know that that was going to be the case? No. Oh, because I knew the whole time I knew that he was secretly killing people. I knew I knew that that was the whole story. Did you But did you come into knowing all that anyways? Yeah. Oh, well, see, I came in with a blank slate. Oh, okay. So, so the minute he walked on the screen, I was like, yeah, that's the murderer. No, oh, okay. I came in with a blank slate because I just wanted to be... Well, also, this was another film where I just get a text, we're going to this. And I was like, okay. No, I said, would you want to go to this? And then, Are you free tonight? Well, it's still a, we're going to well, this. Well, you could say no. <laughs> but, folks, that's a conversation for a different time. But anyways, <laughs> any of these films that Madeline recommends, I always just go into the blank slate. Like, because I just wait to, you know, find out what's going to happen. Yeah. So Especially. with this one, I wanted to go into it with a blank slate. Even though you said it was based on a real life event, you know, yeah. I didn't want to like Google it and kind of right. be able to, you know, like as you watched, you stepped right in, watched, and you knew exactly who the murderer was. Right. Yeah. I kind of didn't want that. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to be able to like 
Because for one hot second, folks, don't come at me. I thought Amy was going to be the killer here. Oh. Just for a hot second. Maybe. I thought Amy was going to be the killer, you know, because she's just a struggling mom. Like, you know, she's just stressed. I don't know. Maybe was this going to be some way to deal with all of that? Oh, Which would be sick and twisted, but I mean, but I mean it's not like look at Charlie. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really hard to watch, and I think, I don't want to be like, it helps that it's a real story, but I think it'd be like, okay, this story makes no sense. If it wasn't real, you'd be like, well, they have to have some sort of motive, but that's the messed up part is that we don't know his motive. The film ends, and we still do not know. Nobody knows. We know that he had a rough time dealing with the passing of his mother. Something happened in the hospital where they thought her body was missing and then they found it and he didn't get to grieve the way that he wanted. And and we don't know. Is that an explanation for why he's a murderer? I don't know. A lot of people grieve and they feel grief in different ways, but I don't think that this is absolutely an appropriate way to deal with that. So I don't want to say that justifies it, but of course, as an audience, we're looking... Or, you know, we're trying to find answers. And I don't think that there are any. And I can only imagine how it was, especially, you know, in real life for Amy to have built this trust and this friendship with this gentleman. And he's completely living a lie. And he's, you know, we find out he's been transferred from all these hospitals because they are aware of what's happening. And they're pretty positive it's him, but they don't want to receive the backlash. And killing their patients. It's also just sad to watch how Amy defends Charlie so much to the people, especially when the investigation starts. Oh, that, yeah. You know, Charlie would never do anything like this because everybody came into this. They already knew who the prime suspect was. Yeah. They were like, he is target number one. It is him. They just needed to prove it. Right. Which is also what's so fascinating because we witnessed that the hospital had a eight week long eternal investigation yes and then when they hand it over to the feds it's two pieces of paper yeah and that's all they give them to work with which that right there shows that they knew what was going on oh of course and the body of the first lady that passed away cremated yeah so good luck so they were like how are we supposed to do anything with that so the other lady they have to dig her up which was so heartbreaking because the father's standing there with his baby then he has to leave yeah because but i mean he did it for the good right he knew what was going to come out of it and that's exactly what happened they were able to solidify charlie right because they didn't know how these people were even dying dying no oh it's it's really it's really, really awful, and I, I don't want to say, like, oh, I'm glad this film came out to spread awareness, because it's, like, it's not something, like, you know, people don't need to, like, necessarily be aware of, like, oh, this could happen, but I think it's a, first of all, a very terrifyingly dark story, Um, but a lot of people, like, lost their lives to Charlie, and it's disgusting and i think if anything it um i don't know i don't want to it's it's hard i think that this is a teetering into the trouble that people have with like the murder podcasts and you know like the jeffrey dahmer uh tv series on netflix where now netflix is making money off of a real story and real murders and who never really got justice Exactly. Now it's like for our entertainment and I feel like this is different because we're not focusing on their death and we're not portraying 
real people. And Mm -hmm. I know the Jeffrey Dahmer series is very much about like, Ooh, this specific victim and this victim and we're portraying their family and stuff like that. And I don't even know if the patients that we see killed in this film are true to who he, you know, I'm sure he had a lot of patients that passed away, but I don't know if Amy told them, you know, the first one I noticed was this older lady. The second Mm -hmm. one I noticed was this, young wife you know i don't know if it was those particular circumstances but it's it's just a tricky line to be on because at the end of the day it's 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 a very interesting story but it does kind of lead you into the morals and like okay how much are we just you know getting entertained off of people's death which is really weird to think about and if anything i think i think if I was Jessica and I, you know, was getting this question maybe on the press tour or something, I would say um, that this story, and I think Jessica's also being very smart in how she talks about the film, but it's really more about Amy and her courage to speak up about this. Oh, yes. Because and if it wasn't for Amy, I do not think. I don't think they would have. He would have ever been stopped. No. Because within the film... Um, you watch Amy work with the feds yes. to catch him. Yeah. And as you mentioned, like her courage and bravery, because she realized how crazy he was. Yeah. Because if you notice within, um, when he was dropping her off at their house, yeah, he kind of wouldn't let her out. Let her out. He's he was, like, he would just invite himself over. Yeah. Like when he, she came home from work just to see her daughters and like, yeah, thought the nanny had left all this food cooking. She's yeah. like, mm, smells so good. And walks in there and And it's him sitting on the couch with her two young daughters. Yeah. And this is just after she has fully realized he is the killer. Yes. Ask him to leave. But she really plays it off like, just want some time with my girls. Right. And he goes for it. And then, you know, we just see him still trying to trickle back in. But, you know, she keeps her cool and does a great job. Yeah. I think, I think if anything, this is a story of a hero and you know especially this took place in the early 2000s and um that was a time when we didn't have the me too movement we didn't have the times up movement and not to say that those crushed barriers but it could have been harder for a woman to speak up in the workplace and especially against a male colleague and to make this sort of accusation without fully knowing but saying here I, here are the facts that I have here are my thoughts and going to the investigators with that information and but thankfully do you think she also was scared because Charlie knew her condition do you think maybe what, that played what in could any- that have done though well I mean because she knew you know like oh because she didn't want to tell the hospital about yeah the she didn't want the hospital to know about the, you know her health condition i mean i don't yeah. know that's just like you know another you know maybe aspect some people watching the film could look at it from yeah i think yes but also i'm sure she probably thought that like oh i don't want to rat him out because he knows that i'm also hiding a secret but i think she knew his was so much bigger that if he if he said anything well she has a heart condition they'd be like okay well you're murdering people (laughs) i don't know i think that both jessica and eddie are incredible in this eddie has really really great moments um in the sort of confession scene oh and it's really great for jessica too because she does 
for a moment I'm like, wait, does she still, is she still friends with him? Because she has this sort of compassion for him and like, I won't be, she's basically like, I won't be mad at you. Like you can say whatever. Well, and can we get the cuffs off him? She puts her yes. own jacket on him. She's like, I just want you to be warm, like rubbing his hand. Like- I think she's being manipulative in a, in a very smart way, but I, I hope she wasn't being real about that. I don't, I hope she didn't actually care to help him. Well, I think in a sense, she did have like a small amount of dislike. Compassion for him? Yeah. Cause I mean, like she kind of had built this friendship with him. He was there for her to, you know, help her with her condition. Like when she passed out in like yeah. the stock room, he popped open that medical cabinet. Well, that's how she found out that he was just getting it. That is true. But so he also like popped it open, was there for her, like help yes. her. So I think in a sense, there was a small. And I mean a small amount of compassion. Right. Right. For Charlie. No, I agree. I agree. I think it came from like disappointment. Like this was a amplified version of like, you know, when you do something as a child and you disappoint your parents, but they still love you. This, that, but like super amplified. Like she, she's kind of mourning the Charlie that she thought she knew. Knew, Yes. And part of her still wants to believe that he is good. Even though she knows he is not. I think part of her is still like stuck on that early Charlie. I want to say like a few. She's known him for a couple of months. He comes over. We almost think that they're. I kind of thought that they were going to have like romantic relationship. I think honestly if this wouldn't have like came about the moment it did. This would have turned into a romantic relationship. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that this all came to the surface at a time when um it could have been a turning point but thank god it was not and yeah the film ends amy is alive and hopefully well in florida with her family and her grandkids now and i saw jessica she posted a photo with amy that i sent to you so she's she's met real life amy which i think is really great well did amy help with the film at all do you know no, I think she probably just supported it. Um, this is based on a book, so I don't know if maybe Amy had helped with the book and then was like, as long as you take it with the book, you know, sometimes that happens. Yeah. So there's only so far that you can like relive your story. I mean, I'm sure it's even hard to just watch the film, but I really, really enjoyed this. I did want a little bit more from Jessica just because I like really wanted another Oscar nomination for her. Just, just like not, not like anything she could do. Like, I just wish there was like more material for her, you know, like there would have been like something in there that would have been Oscar worthy. Okay. Cause I was like, folks, if you could see my face when she said that. No, 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 no. Like Jessica's amazing. She's amazing in this. I just think that like, if there could have been a scene that like, really would have had this like that's an oscar moment you know where they like present everybody and then they like show the scene yes if there was one of those um just because jessica won the oscar last year and i selfishly want her to um be nominated every year and win um (laughs) but i really enjoyed this i've been recommending it to a ton of people it's on netflix um so pretty much anybody can watch it when they want to it's not terribly long it's a good watch and yeah, I'm going to say it's Cinema Chicks approved. Uh, I hope that Hope would agree with me. I'm really sure that she would. She also loves Jessica and Eddie. And we like some Netflix releases and some we do not. But this one is a good one. 
Yeah, no, like, because I was going to talk about, like, Jessica coming from the eyes of Tammy Faye to doing this. Yeah, huge difference. Huge difference. But to me, like, over here is, you know, honorary cinema boy. That shows the true versatility of a good actress. Yeah, she has such a wide range. Coming, like, I don't like seeing actors or actresses just pigeonholed into this one category of always being, like, um, you know, doing a drama, a comedy. Because, you know, there are so actors and actresses yeah you know more power to them but jessica chef's kiss chef's kiss and on that note that's a wrap thanks so much for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform and you can follow us on instagram at the cinema chicks and on tiktok at cinema chicks and if you want to be friends you could follow me on instagram at madeline daisy rancor and on letterbox at madeline daisy And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Netflix for having some good films. Actual good nurses. And Jessica and Eddie for being the loves of my life. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.